Great is our Lord. Amen. All right. Hey, before we start today, I'd like everybody to stand up, please. I know we've done a lot of standing, but if you could, please stand up. It's a little exercise I do with my kids in class. If I just sense maybe they're getting a little tired. I know it's been a long weekend for a lot of us, but I just want you to stretch it out. Just stretch it. I know it seems weird, but just stretch it out. Yeah, there we go. Wake up a little bit. We may have jammed a little bit long to Sawyer Brown last night, but we can, we can stretch it out today for church and, and get excited for church today. But hey, I want to pray right now that we just uh, open our hearts to what God has for us today. And let me read our passage real quick. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, and behold, the new has come. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, I thank you so much for this time that we have here today. Lord, I thank you so much for everyone that is here, everyone that is watching us live stream. And Lord, I thank you for everyone who is meeting across the world to gather in your name today, Father. Lord, we thank you so much for that. And Lord, today I ask as we dive into this scripture, Lord, I pray that we understand that we are a new creation in you, that the old us is gone and the new us has come. And that I pray that we can walk in that this morning. Lord, I pray that you empty me of myself, fill me with your spirit to deliver a message from you this morning that will pierce the hearts of those who hear. Lord, we thank you, we love you. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Awesome participation today. I'm going to read you guys a story about an eagle. A story about an eagle. All right, so let me go ahead and read this. It says, While walking through the forest one day, a man found a young eagle who had fallen out of its nest. He took it home and put it in his barnyard where it soon learned to eat and behave like the chickens. One day, a naturalist passed by the farm and asked why it was the king of all birds should be confined to live in the barnyard with the chickens. Well, the farmer replied that since he had given it chicken feed and trained it to be a chicken, it had never learned to fly. Since it now behaved as the chicken's, It was no longer an eagle. Still, it has the heart of an eagle, replied the naturalist, and can surely be taught to fly. He lifted the eagle toward the sky and said, You belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle, however, was confused. He did not know who he was. And seeing the chickens eating their food, he jumped down to be with them once again. The naturalist looked took the bird to the roof of the house and urged him again, saying, You are an eagle. Stretch forth your wings and fly. But the eagle was afraid of his unknown self and the world and jumped down once more for the chicken food. Finally, the naturalist took the eagle out of the barnyard to a high mountain. There he held the king of the birds high above and encouraged him again, saying, You are an eagle. You belong to the sky. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle looked around, back towards the barnyard and up to the sky. Then the naturalist lifted him straight towards the sun, and it happened that the eagle began to tremble. Slowly, he stretched his wings with a triumphant cry, soared away into the heavens. It may be that the eagle still remembers the chickens with nostalgia. It may even be that he occasionally revisits the barnyard. 
But as far as anyone knows, he has never returned to leave the life of a chicken. Now, Josh, where, how does that come in today? Well, here's where it comes in. See, just like this eagle, I believe that all of us have fallen into this false identity. We've fallen into this sense of false identity. See, we have become satisfied and even fallen into a life that is not fully what we were made or even capable of being. See, we were made for a much greater purpose than just to walk on this earth and be Christians. See, what happens is that we lose the thought of who God tells us we are and what he is capable of doing in us because we start to believe the lies that the enemy tells us. And then we become comfortable in those lies. See, what is the problem with the church today? The problem with the church today is the church is filled with people who are in the middle of an identity crisis. See, understanding who you are in Christ is at the very essence of our problems today. See, today we look at scripture that tells us that we are a new being. And then we dig into more of what that new being is going to look like. See, this message has been on my heart for a long time. And it honestly has been life-changing for me in the last couple months. And I hope it is for you today as well. So digging into our scripture, I said we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. But for the most part, that's going to be our kind of basis of our verse. That's going to be the basis of this sermon. So if you have your sermon notes, it says the first one is the first point I want to bring up today is forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. See, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it tells us that the new has come and the old has passed away. The old has passed away. So first we must establish what is the old? Who is the old person? Well, here's what Paul is referring to. He is referring to the flesh. The flesh, the, our, our fleshly desires. And what happens is, is when we come to the saving knowledge of God, the flesh is put to death. Colossians 3.5. Colossians 3.5 tells us that we are to put to death the flesh. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So we understand that that is supposed to be put to death. Whenever we become a new person, something has to go in order for something new to come in. So we put to death the fleshly desires that we live in. And then if we look, in looking at the previous verse on 2 Corinthians 5.17, if we look forth and look at the previous verse, in verse 16, listen to what it says. It says, from now... On, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Now, what is Paul talking about there? He's talking about how we look at this life that we live here on earth, our fleshly desires, we look at it as if it doesn't matter. As if it doesn't matter. So all the things that we go through, all the things that we think matter in life, which are job and money and all of our possessions and different things like that, those don't matter. And then he says, we once regarded Christ as in the flesh. See, when, when Paul, before, before he became uh, converted, see, he regarded Christ as being the fake Messiah. 
And he would kill Christians that proclaimed that Christ was the Messiah. So what happened was, he said, we once recorded regarding Christ as the flesh, but now we don't. And now since, we, since you are in Christ, we no longer regard you as the flesh. So what he's saying is, because Christ is in us, and it's going to be a theme for the rest of the day, but since Christ is in us, we are no longer regarded as the flesh. We are regarded as the spirit because God is living inside of us. See, it's changing our perception on our earthly lives. Looking at what we see here as not mattering as much as what we see here. This is what matters. This doesn't. Does these things affect this? Absolutely. But when things of this earth become our main focus and we lose focus here, that's when we start to get in trouble. But see, in that moment of conversion for us, when we come to the saving knowledge of God and we accept Christ into our lives as our Lord and Savior, what happens is really cool. Because in that moment, from living for the flesh, we become instantly living in the Spirit. So we instantly become sinners, and then we instantly become children of God. You see how that changes? The old self, which are sinners, And then now, because we are in Christ, we are no longer considered sinners. Now, get me, hear me out here. That does not mean that we don't sin. We absolutely sin. But it is no longer who we are. But we now are children of God. See, it's a conversion. It's a changing from the old self to the new self. See, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does this mean? Well, if we are cleansed from unrighteousness, then the opposite of that would be to be dressed in righteousness. See, it's really cool if you think about it this way. Is we are considered unrighteous. And if you look in the Bible, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the, the term righteous, let me find it here. The term righteous in the Greek is pronounced and what that means is, which means acceptable or approved by God. Acceptable or approved by God. So we become unrighteous where we are not acceptable to God because we're living a life of sin. And sin cannot enter heaven. But whenever we confess our sins and allow God to enter our lives, he cleanses us from that and dresses us with righteousness. Therefore, we are acceptable and approved by God. See, it's a really cool parallel that he paints for us there. But then it goes farther than that. It goes farther than that. See, if the old has passed away, then we need to stop focusing on the old self and start focusing on who you are now. See, 1 Peter 2.9, we read it today for our call to worship. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Go back to the eagle story. What did the naturalist keep telling the eagle? You are an eagle. You are an eagle. Spread your wings and fly. But the farmer, he kept telling the eagle that he was a chicken. And the eagle believed that, and what he did was he walked in the path that a chicken would walk. Now, is a chicken anywhere close to being as powerful as what an eagle is? Absolutely not. 
So what the eagle was doing was he was lessening his capabilities. He was lessening who he was because he was believing the lies of the farmer. But the naturalist said, you are an eagle. Fly. Just like God is telling us here. See, we walk in this sense of, of, of us being sinners, and we walk in that. And what it does is it drags us down, and it wears us down. And what happens is when we start to think in our minds, we are sinners, we are sinners, we are sinners, then what happens is you start to walk in that, and then you start to sin even more. But what God is telling us here is he's telling us that we are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are adopted sons and daughters of the Most High. So why don't we walk in that instead of walking in the lies that we are told by the enemy? When we walk in that, people, that is when sin starts to become less and less, when we stop focusing on sin and we start focusing on God. And when we focus on God, then we stop sinning. We stop sinning. Now, are we still going to sin? Absolutely. But we stop sinning as much. We start to change our lifestyles. We start that sin that we struggle with starts to become easier to walk away from because we're so focused on God. Imagine waking up every day, every day, and just reminding yourself of these words that we see here in 1 Peter 2.9. Man, that would change ourselves. Even better, imagine God, audible voice, every morning. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Imagine him telling you that. Man, that would change the way you walk, would it not? That would change the way you live your day. That would change the way that you interact with people. That would change you completely. And see, I think we must be careful when we call ourselves sinners. Because, see, when we focus on the bad things so much, then we start to become the bad thing that we tell ourselves that we are. See, this is where legalism starts to creep in, in the church. And it's also when we can start losing sight on the one who take, who's already taking care of our sin. See, when we focus so much on the fact that we are sinners, then we walk and we tread so lightly that we don't mess up because we know that we're sinners and we know that sin is not right. But what happens is, then we take the power away from what Christ did on the cross for us. See, when Christ died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. Had we been alive when Christ died on the cross? Absolutely not, we weren't alive. So how did he die for our sins if we hadn't committed them yet? He died for our sins that we hadn't even committed. So the sins that you're going to commit tomorrow, Christ died for them already. So walk in the freedom of knowing that. Walk in the freedom that God is taking care of your sin. Now, does that give us a free reign to go out and do whatever we want? Absolutely not. Romans 6 tells us that. When it says, so should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. For if we died, if we, if we rose with Christ, then we had to die with Christ. So we died to the old self that lives like that. So when we're focusing on God, then we start walking in the way that God wants us to walk. And then we focus on our purpose now. What is our purpose now? It says you are a new creation. So what does that new creation look like? See, in the old in the old creation, your purpose was to satisfy one person and one person only, yourself. 
That was the only person that you were worried about whenever you were living in the old self. That's why sin didn't seem like a big deal. That's why you molded your life around what people thought because you were always worried about you. See, sin ruled your life and your main purpose was to find gratification in pleasing yourself. Ephesians 5 verse 8 tells us this. Ephesians 5 verse 8 tells us this. It says, therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time, you were darkness. You were darkness. At one point, we were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So we did walk in that at one point. We did. But he's telling us that we are walking in light right now. So what does that mean? In the new creation, your gratification and your purpose becomes about no one else but pleasing God. That's the only thing you ever worry about is pleasing God. So in this, when we become the new creation, uh, it's funny, I was telling our Bible study this the other day, but when we become the new creation, the funny thing is, is it's really not anything new. It's really not anything new because what happens is when God created us, he created us in his own image. He created us for a sole purpose. And what happened is when the fall had happened, when Adam and Eve ate of the tree tree of good and evil, sin nature took over. And then we were become born sinners. But that's not how God originally designed us to be. But then when you walk into this new creation, then you become exactly who God designed you to be. So it's nothing new, but it may be new to you, but it's nothing new to God. That's the way he created us to be. So how did God create us to be? Well, he created us for three different purposes, three different purposes. And the first one is God designed us for the sole purpose to glorify him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink in whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So he created us for every action, every word, everything that we ever do, he created us to bring glory back to him. Not to bring glory upon ourselves, but to bring glory back to him. What else did he create us for? Well, God created us to do his work here on earth. See, John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. So when we believe in Christ, then what do we do? We carry forth his ministry that he gave us, that he started here on earth. We carry forth that ministry. That's what the disciples did. Soon as Christ left, the disciples stepped in and kept that ministry going. And then we see that in the book of Acts. If you haven't read the book of Acts, read the book of Acts. Look at how normal, everyday men were doing the same exact works that Jesus was doing because they believed in him and wanted to do the same works that he did. And then God also designed us to find joy in him, to find joy in him. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. See, do we find joy in God? Do we find joy in God? I think that's where we miss out a lot of times is the, the actual joy and the hope that you can find in our Lord and Savior. See, John Piper, I was reading a sermon that he did, and John Piper was describing this purpose of joy like this. 
okay? He said that him and his wife had been married for 45 years. His anniversary was coming up, and John Piper said he got her a, a, a bouquet of daisies. She loved daisies. So he got the daisies, and he went to the house, and uh, he, he went to the front door. He was making this big scene, and he knocked on the door, and she came to the door. And she goes, oh, John, those are beautiful. Those are so beautiful. Thank you so much for giving me these. Why, 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 did, why did you give me these for? And John Piper said, what if I would have answered, well, I read in a book of how to be a good husband that I'm supposed to get my wife flowers. He said the door would have been slammed in his face and she'd have told him to walk away. But see, do you understand the parallel there? See, John Piper says, but then he went to the door, gave his wife daisies, and she said, oh, John, thank you so much. Why'd you give me these? And he said, because I find so much joy in making you happy. You are my joy. And when I see you happy, I be at joy. See the parallel there? See, see what he's trying to describe there? See, when we come to God and we have pure joy in God, then we do the things that pleases God. We do the things out of having joy in him. We don't do the things that make God happy because that's what Scripture says, and I need to follow exactly what Scripture says in order to make God happy. I need to do this, 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 and this. That becomes a works-based faith, and that is completely wrong. But why do you do this, 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 and this? Not in order to obtain salvation, but in order to find joy in the pleasing of God. What a truth that is. And then the last part is continual growth. Seeing continual growth. See, 2 Peter 3.18 says this. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So this new creation that we have, we talked about forgetting the old. Quit walking in that. Forget about it. Now focus on who the new creation is. And once you have become and are walking in the new creation, understand that it is a continual growing process. You need to be seeking continual growth in this new creation that God has made you to be. But the growing process is not a process of growing in order to be more saved, but it is growing in your relationship with God. It is growing in your relationship with God. See, we need to get away from this works-based type mentality. And the thing is, if you, if you think to yourself, am I a works-based type of thought process, or do I see legalism in my life? I guarantee all of us in here have some sort of works-based mentality that we think of. And it's not necessarily that you're a terrible person, but I think what happens is we all become in that way because works-based is really how the earth works. You do this, 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 and this in order to obtain this. You work in order to get money. They just don't give you free money. You have to work in order to obtain a paycheck. So then we think in, a, in, in reality to God, we think that we have to do all of these different things in order for God to come and save us, when that couldn't be farther from the truth. See, it's a free gift of grace that God gives us. All we have to do is accept the invitation that the Holy Spirit has sent upon us. And when we do that, then we continue to grow in the knowledge and the grace. We continue to grow in the knowledge and the grace and the understanding 
See, in the verse previous to this, verse 17, it says, Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. See, it's giving us a warning. It's giving us a warning that we are to not to fall back into the old patterns of the way we lived, but telling us to, in order to move forward in the new life. See, you want to stay away from the old pattern. So in order to do that, if you stay stagnant in the new creation and you're satisfied with being where you are in Christ, then what happens is you're most likely probably going to start falling back into the old ways. But a new creation, a baby Christian is what we call them, you start to grow and you start to move forward. And the more you're moving forward, the farther away from the old that you were, that you are. See, it's a, it's a process, a continual growth process of getting to know God. But see, growth in relation to righteousness is not what we're talking about here. It's very important that we understand that the growth in relation to righteousness is not what we're talking about here. When we accept the invitation given to us by God and we believe in our hearts, in our hearts, that Christ is the Lord and Savior of our lives, then we, in that moment, are declared righteous before him. I want everybody to say, I am righteous. Man, you got to say, say, say it with some umph. Are we going to have to make you stand up and stretch again? I didn't think so, all right? I am righteous. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus today, if you are a believer and you have been transformed by the renewing of your heart, then you can claim that you are righteous. Romans 5, 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Once again, the term righteousness in the Greek, the original term of righteous mean, is deke nasune, deke nasune, which means acceptable or approved by God. That's what righteousness is, being accepted or approved by God. Now, can we ever reach acceptance or approval by God on our own? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The old self, the old creation, there is no possible way that that old person can ever be accepted or approved by God. But once that old person accepts the invitation of Christ being in their heart and claiming them as Lord and Savior, and he becomes that new creation, it is only through Jesus Christ living in us that we are approved or accepted by God. Nothing else. Nothing else. So walk in that this morning. See, it says the new creation is a creation that desires to grow in the knowledge and the understanding and the grace of which God pours out upon us. See, I put in here, someone who is satisfied with where they are is someone who is not experiencing all that God has to offer them. See, do we understand that God has 
is so powerful. I mean, you look. I saw a picture yesterday. It was a video. And it was showing, I forget exactly where it was. You guys may have seen it on Facebook. But it was the ocean after Hurricane Irma had come through. And the ocean was not even there. The ocean was gone. And anybody that's ever been to the ocean before and you stood it and just looked at the ocean, look how large it is. Look how great it is. Look how powerful it is. When I stand before the ocean, I feel about this big. And God, who created the ocean, created storms, was powerful enough to wipe out the entire ocean. Wow. See, we sing a song called The Same Power Lives in Us. But the problem is, churches all across America are singing that song and not really believing that the same power lives in them. See, I was convicted about something I said not too long ago about how I said, um, you know, could we go out and tell the storm to calm? I said, could we do it? Probably, maybe. But no, if God told us to go out and calm a storm and Christ and God worked through us, we absolutely could stop that storm. And you have to believe that this morning that God is working in you so much and you have, you have so much power living within you that we need to access that. By, and how do we do that? By understanding, growing in the knowledge, growing in our relationship with God. And then we can start to see exactly what God can do through us. It's amazing. It's amazing what God can do. And more importantly, what he wants to do. What he wants to do in you. Like again, I'm referencing it again. Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. Look what, they were, look what God was doing. Look what the Holy Spirit was doing through normal, everyday men. And the last part here, why are you not growing? Why are you not growing? You've become the new creation, but we don't see any growth. Here's my question to you. Are you in it for God? Or are you just in it for the blessings that he has for you? Is the reason you want to go to heaven because you don't want to go to hell? Or is the reason you want to go to heaven because you want to be in the presence of God for eternity? That's a tough question to ask yourself. See, so many people, I think, want to choose heaven because they don't want hell. I don't want hell. Nobody in here wants hell. But our desire to be with our Father in heaven for eternity should surpass our desire of not going to hell. We should want to be in the presence of God. So growing in that, when you have a mindset where you desire to be with God someday for eternity, that growing is a sign of that. Wanting to know more, wanting to dig deeper, wanting to be more in sync with the Spirit, that is exactly where the new creation wants to go. In conclusion, see, understanding who you are in Christ makes you a different person. It makes you a different person. It changes your outlook on life. It changes how you view your relationship with God. It changes how you view yourself. It changes how you handle sin in your life. 
It changes how you see other people, and it changes you into a completely different creation. See, the old has passed. The old has passed away. It's no longer active. It's no longer active. We put to death, Colossians 3, 5, we put to death the things of this earth. And we start to walk in the newness of life that is given to us in Christ Jesus. But I want to make sure we understand this morning that I am not saying that you, when you become a new creation, you no longer are going to sin. Because you absolutely are. Because we have so many new creations in here today, and they would tell you that, yes, I still sin. I do. I do. But we have to understand that that sin was taken care of on the cross. It's taken care of. So instead of focusing all of our effort on this sin and start focusing all of our effort onto God, then that is when we start to see us move forward. One sin, one measly little bitty sin, a little white lie is enough for eternity in hell. It is. One sin. One sin. But what happened is Christ came. He died on the cross for you, for me, for anybody that wants to accept his invitation. And he said, I will pay the price. And when Christ died on that cross, he, what, what it was, it was basically an exchange. That's what I read this week. It was basically an exchange. It was, Josh, give me your sin. And he took my sin, and he took it over here, and he put it on. And he took his robe of righteousness off and came over here, and he put the robe of righteousness on me. So now I don't carry that sin anymore. Christ carried it to the cross. He died for it. And now I walk around with this robe of righteousness on. And then when God looks down upon me because of what Christ did, because of what Christ did, I am approved and accepted by God. Walk in that today. Walk in that today. Stop walking in the old self. Start walking in the new self. We're going to sing a song here that I heard this week, and then Melinda told me that somebody in our church posted about it, and I had no idea that this song even existed until I got in my car the other day and was leaving. And I was almost, it was like a mixture of tears and like wanting to run through a wall. I was so pumped up. But the song is called Different by Micah Tyler. And it talks about how we want to be different. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it here. But I want you to listen to the words of this song. Because it talks about wanting to live a different life. Not wanting to live in the old self, but wanting to live in the new self. And making us different. So I'm going to play this song and I'll come up and pray for us. Yeah, Daryl. <laughs> Set apart 
be your desire today that you want to be different that you want Christ to come into your life and you want to change who the old you was forget about you, that old you and start walking in the new creation let's pray <sighs> Heavenly Father Lord we just we thank you so much well, we thank you for, for this opportunity that you give us to be different Lord, I, I thank you for this verse that tells us that the old has passed away and we no longer have to walk in that. We no longer have to think that that's who we are. But Lord, that we can find a new creation. We can find our true identity in you. Lord, I pray that as we understand that this morning and we, and we start to accept that, hey, I'm no longer... This, this sinner that is destined to hell, but Lord, I am, I am saved 
by your grace. And because of being saved by your grace, I no longer have to refer to myself as a sinner, but I can refer to myself as a child of God, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, people for your own possession. Lord, I thank you so much that you give us those truths, and I pray that those truths start to ring so much louder than what the lies in our lives tell us. And that we can walk in that. And Lord, when we walk in that, Lord, no glory upon us, but Lord, the glory is strictly upon you. When people see us, they see us mirroring your son. Just as you see us, Father, I pray that that's how other people see us. Lord, I thank you so much that your son decided to take my sin. And that exchange of me giving him my sin and him giving me his robe of righteousness, Father, I thank you for that, that Christ has made us righteous and that we are approved and accepted by you. Lord, I pray that be on all of our hearts this morning that we become so thankful for that and Lord, that we start to be different and that people start to see how we're different and that people crave that different. Well, I pray for anybody in here today that has not accepted this gospel message. Well, I pray for anybody in here that is still walking in the old. That, Lord, that they just stop and they look to the cross and are changed into the new. Lord, that be my prayer today. Touch the hearts that are lost here today. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And you're having me pray. Amen.